Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. Oh, it gives you, it just keeps getting better. And it keeps getting trippier. It'll, it'll thoroughly write your brain off. As it did mine. I love it. it forever. This is the best. It is going to be such an exciting time for the both of us to stretch our intellectual muscles. Is that, is that like Noam Chomsky? Is that Are you doing a Noam Chomsky right now? You see, now that we have overcome the greatest threat to American democracy, we can start pushing for the real fight of trying to combat the crises of climate change. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The very existence of human life itself is at stake, and if we are not able to push Joe Biden and his administration on the very issues of eco-apocalypse, then we and our children's futures are at stake. So I think that this is the part of the show where we're going to take questions from the audience. Oh, oh yes, yes, you, um, undergraduate uh, person with a philosophy degree that thinks they know more than Noam Chomsky, come on up and, and ask a question. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, see if you can stump him because this is the whole point of asking someone with a gratuitous intellect like Noam Chomsky a question. Uh, go ahead, tell us how much you know in the process. We want to waste as much time as possible with each individual question, so uh, go. You, you, can, you just talk directly into the mic. Just talk. You, you, you're, ask a question. Um, you want to direct it. At uh, at Mr. Noam Chomsky, right there, he's only got seconds to live because he is <laughs> he's literally deteriorating into dust before our eyes. So, go ahead and go ahead and ask your question, and um, and he'll respond in the in the way that he sees fit. Uh, Mr. Noam Chomsky, uh, how do you feel about Slavoj Žižek? I mean, he's an up-and-coming Hegelian uh, continental philosopher, and uh, a lot of people online uh, seem to enjoy uh, his opinions. Uh, how, how how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, what did they? What was the question? What did they? What did they say? What did they? Oh, oh, they they asked the question that they want me to respond to, but I want to say something completely different. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I want to say. Cause fuck you and your stupid questions. Uh, I'm numb, Chomsky. Well, bitches. All I heard was blah blah blah. <laughs> I'm a stupid bitch. Uh, blah blah blah. I don't know fuck shit about yeah. anything. Yeah, go blah, go blah, fuck blah. yourself. Uh, blah blah blah. Suck a fat chode. Now, uh, what I was going to go on and say before I was rudely interrupted by your infantile question was that we are literally all going to die on this burning hell rock if we don't start thinking about new and inventive ways to combat climate change. <laughs> well, Mr. Chomsky, the real question 
that I wanted to ask um, was, uh, is it, is life, is life really hard with like in the real world? You know, like when people say, you know, they present to your like college class and they're like, Hey, is life hard after college? And they tell you, they tell you it's hard. They tell you it's really hard after college. Is it really hard? Like they say it is, is it, is it honestly, is it difficult? Like they they say, I am literally a million years old. I am so old that I can remember the Great Depression. I I I was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when we bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I I watched the Berlin Wall fall. And you but the, the, the have thing, the goal. You, you're, is it hard? Is college? Is it? Is real life it's, hard after you get out of undergraduate college? <laughs> is it hard? <laughs> life hard? Is reality difficult for people? <laughs> Can you enlighten me, please? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you totally know what I'm referencing, though, right? I mean, like, this is pretty I, much this wait, is the genesis of our podcast. Break is character. Not the, wait, it, didn't we literally basically get that question when we did our stupid fucking yes. uh skit? Our mm-hmm. our sketch comedy. Someone asked us had the goal to ask us that. Yes. Yeah, quite yeah. quite literally what started the entirety of this this whole thing. This this grand yeah, pretty much. of podcasting recordings. It was that moment where this I mean, I I I don't want to categorize this person as being say like profoundly disabled. I don't know. <laughs> well, just like <laughs> That's like an insult to disabled people. That's not even. You 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 that's very true. Disabled people already know life's fucking hard. They don't need to ask some like. Mm-hmm. They don't need to ask uh, <laughs> the objectively stupid question. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Yep. I don't actually know if we've ever discussed the origin story of of cynic empowerment on this recording. Have we ever done that? Do you recall? No. We man. haven't. We should like we should reminisce on great times. What what a great time that was. What a great time. Man, we did like I feel like we worked really hard to try to make that uh an awesome thing. We ended up performing uh a, a comedy sketch routine for yeah. uh our alma mater for a handful of people uh, on the on the downstairs on the basement stage. On the basement stage, they didn't even give us the full stage. They didn't even give us the real one. Yeah. Um, ah. And yeah, it was like it was like a passing thought. Like I'm pretty sure, like the person. Oh no! It was a literal passing thought. Mm-hmm. Our it was a fucking rehearsal night for a fucking play that they were doing, and they scratched rehearsal and made the and made the people that were a part of this play watch us perform instead because they put so little thought into it. Yeah, they they assigned a date for us. They assigned a performance date for us and yeah, a time. Um, and didn't tell 
anybody zero zero none nilch no any advertising whatsoever like other professors that wasn't the professor that asked us to come didn't even know it was going on and also didn't fucking show up because they had other shit to fucking do Mm-hmm. Our only professor yeah. that was there was a professor that asked us to come, and the only reason they were there is because they were the person that was directing a play at that time that had a handful of students that were in her production that she could uh, emotionally abuse into forcing them to watch our thing that we had worked on for God knows how many months. And we abused the hell out of them. Like That is exactly what we made that into. It was a bunch of, uh, it was a collection of experiences directly post college that we just poured our derision and hatred and uh, <laughs> vitriolic opinions into. And we yeah. performed it for a bunch of impressionable youths that asked us dumbass questions at the end like, is life after college really difficult? <laughs> yeah. Literal question we got. Absolutely. Uh, did you not pay attention to the last 30 minutes of performance mm-hmm. we just gave to you? Yeah, like we, we, we like yes. uh, we hated it so much and we had such a tough time directly after college that we decided to come back to a stage in order to perform for people, have an artistic expression of just how difficult it was. You know, keep it was very mind. artistic. It was very meta. Oh yeah, we yeah, we did some we did some pretty meta stuff. Um you killed yourself on stage. I hung myself with a scarf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hung, I was I hung myself with a the scarf from from the yeah, listening to the rattlings of a boomer. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not, uh, yeah. yeah art, my my mother in law was there. I offended her uh, profoundly. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Because I like I. Of course, we included a good many opinions that uh, you know some of my family members happened to espouse. Uh, whoops. <laughs> that was a good time. All right. Do I even have the script still? I don't even know. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably somewhere in the, you know, I mean, if we, if we dredge the bottom, maybe we'll be able to find it. All those dead bodies and, and scripts, man, uh, that reminds me of some other shit that I wrote in college. And uh, the other thing that we performed right before we graduated, that was pretty rough, but that has nothing to do with cynic empowerment. So, fuck Oh, it that. was great. No, it was good. Yeah, it was a great time. It was better than all the other shit all of our other classmates produced. Let's just be honest. <laughs> it was okay. So I feel like everybody else took the easy route, and we failed miserably on the hard road. So at, at least we tried. At least we weren't like this is we my made life experience. a experience. We we made a feature length play. And oh yeah, they convinced other people to perform in it for us. Yeah, it was them. it was fifty minutes of trash. <laughs> it oh, lit- was not trash. It okay. It was literally trash because the setting was in a fucking junkyard. Okay, that's true. And in fact, like you're talking about like meta shit. I tried to like include as much trash and waste like imagery into you know what, what what was basically a non-existent set i think like we threw some cardboard boxes and a blanket on stage and that was our props <laughs> we're like yeah everybody just like wear a white t-shirt and slacks and we could pretend that this is one of those minimalist shakespeare productions <laughs> <laughs> where everybody uses like a, a you know a stick in the exact same outfit to uh reproduce the magic of shakespeare you know that kind of thing no, it was great. I don't care what the fuck anyone says. It was great. Oh, man. I do remember one professor in particular, and those words will stay with me until my dying day. Uh, 
it, it, their response, their critique after reading it. And, you know, Jimmy and I were sitting down in the office. We were just like, oh, boy, you know, what do they have to say? Uh, first words out of their mouth was, uh, did, you, did you intend for this to be tasteless on purpose? Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh. I, I I mean I I guess I, I mean I, I I wrote it intentionally if that's what you mean. <laughs> I, was like, I, <laughs> I didn't accidentally write this. Yeah, like I did put pen to paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would care more if I didn't care about that person's opinions at all mm-hmm. or talk to them. Touche. Um, yeah, but that and if the, that was yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, it was just um, just just you and me, man. Um, yeah. And we we fucking rocked that stage like that was just a nonstop energy filled like we we tore through that. Um, oh, our performance, yeah. I mean, we had practiced for so long, like mm-hmm. it was like so much built up into that uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, yeah, we found out that our most favorite part wasn't necessarily the rehearsal; it was the the that the talking the shit afterwards or like, what if we just made a thing where we talked the shit and we didn't have to perform a shitty sketch comedy thing for ungrateful fuck faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what if we did the part that we liked the people that listen and, to the podcast are people that are like, Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested in what these guys have to say and not people that are involved in a play for, let's say a grade and, uh, are being forced to sit down and watch yeah. these, hateful resentful guys just (laughs) go through their problems on an unsuspecting audience yeah pull their pants down in front of a bunch of like 17 year olds wait no they're in college 18 year olds 18 barely 18 year olds yeah 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 bunch of bunch of young fucks Mm -hmm. uh yeah that was that was great that was good did you yeah i I think at one point you did actually yeah you were supposed to pull your pants off Yeah. yeah 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 i did yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm I'm sure at a certain point, uh, you know, uh, our, the the professor that asked us to do that was just like, oh hell no, like please don't, please don't whip out your dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is that kind of art, motherfucker. Yeah, they're well, they're, they're trying to be like all hard, like uh, oh yeah, this is avant garde shit. Like you kids have no idea what college is like or what life is like after college, and these these boys will show you exactly how. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, I'm biting off more than I get you. No, 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 no. Okay, he's done. He doesn't have his dick out. Everything's fine. I'm not gonna lose my job. <laughs> I'm not gonna lose my job. <laughs> wasn't that weird that one time and like no one else was there it was just everyone that was a part of that one play that one time yeah no i have not i have not been back to that fucking town since that happened I've, I've i i think through. i think the thing that hurt the most is when um our previous classmate that i guess i just won't name just because we haven't named any names up to so far we went out to get beers with them afterwards and they're like what they didn't they didn't put you up in the hotel. Like up. they didn't, they didn't give you anything. Like no money. Like no food. Like no place to stay. Like nothing. Nothing. He's like, that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of hit me at that moment too. That I was like, oh man, I just got fucking bamboozled. Yeah, like, like I, I just, just did, did that for, for nothing. Somebody. Yeah, put in a whole shit ton of effort. Like it's they they didn't even take time to like. Uh, publicize the fact that we were performing which i mean like what are we gonna get like uh um a little bit of influence like we've discussed that on previous podcasts like hey the most valuable thing about having a public podium is the ability to be able to influence other minds but 
that 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 wasn't even a possibility because we didn't no. have an audience that was there of their own volition. It was just a uh, yeah. So that person, uh, you know, whom I'm I'm very uh, happy enlightened us to the fact that it was totally unfair and you know, that was totally fucked up. That was probably and so and it was that person who probably started me down like the the leftist spiral. <laughs> they were like, "Hey man, uh, you realize that you got like exploited the fuck out of, right?" I was like, "Wait a second, Wait that's a second. totally right. <laughs> that wasn't fair." Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I was like, yeah, like, don't you like, uh, you know, uh, you know, work like 40, 40 plus hours a week every week in order to, uh, I don't know, like put food on the table for you and your family. And um, you spent how much time doing this for people who apparently don't care? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got fucked. I like, yeah, I basically <laughs> haven't heard from like anybody from that that shithole since. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I think I think they also realize they fucked up. Mm hmm. on multiple levels because you just about i I think that we were about to cross that line (laughs) i mean like had you actually like shown skin uh they they probably would have been like yep can't ever do that again yeah no sorry in fact they probably said yep can't ever do that again just because you proved to them that you can get so close so quickly (laughs) it's art motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) if you're on a stage you can get as naked as you want to oh yeah I mean, I yeah, I was I was just about as naked as I'd ever been on that stage before. Oh man, I, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, like, like cabaret, yeah, I was, I was wearing like. My oh yeah, no, stage. you were yeah, yeah, good times. That's, that's just Fuck, the beauty dude. of uh, the beauty of the theater. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a glorious thing. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it. That's that's the that's the genesis of cynic empowerment right there. Now that everybody knows. It was born a, a you know a, a screaming child into a world of hatred and pain. Pretty much, beautiful. Yep. Uh, Which is child yeah. of angst and wrath. Mm. That's me. Yeah. Thought, thought I was going to get over it in my teenage years, but nope. Just still going. Nope. Still, still angry. Still, still, st- still at it. St- <laughs> yeah. Uh, still, still. It. Yeah perpetually disappointed i um i started reading a book called um capital realism by mark fisher are you familiar with it no it's only it's only 88 pages long i'm about halfway through with it and uh it just touches on like a lot of things that i think we all kind of accept as true but it kind of points out to be like hey like this isn't necessarily a normal thing here this is just kind of something we all kind of accept as reality um due to the uh society that we live in mm-hmm. and uh let me see i think i saved one quote onto my phone so let me see if i can get like a direct quote without me just trying to like remember shit Wait. off the top of my fucking head What's mark up? fisher mm-hmm. is he alive no did he commit suicide Go- yeah okay i know who that is yeah, oh, you do. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, he he's got like a lot of uh, he's got a lot of good reads out there, and uh, I was like, oh, cool. Like, what's he written lately? And I was like, oh, shit, nothing, because he's dead. Because he's dead. Uh, yeah. Um, 
there's been a lot of good quotes that I haven't been saving all of them. This is the only one good quote that I've got so far. So here we go. Uh, the realism here is analogous to the deflationary perspective of depress of a depressive who believes that any positive state, any hope, is a dangerous illusion. Um, and so basically, it's just talking about how, like, we just, uh, especially due to like the the fall of like the Berlin Wall and uh, what uh, Fukuyama describes as the end of history uh post the end of like the soviet union and stuff like that it's just that we live in this ultra neoliberal uh capitalist society that any sense of like hope or any belief that there's like anything possible outside of the realm of uh capitalism is just kind of seen as uh childish uh naivety that uh like any belief that isn't just completely uh wholly fastened to the capitalist hell world that we currently live in is just kind of like you're all you're just like a naive child you don't know how things are implying that how things are is capital realism which is like the the world we live in it's kind of like we're the, we're the fish in the fishbowl yeah kind of like, scenario it's like, like capitalism has always inherently been a part of humanity and yeah no matter how much we try to distract ourselves with these utopian ideals, mm -hmm. we can't ever distract ourselves from the fact that capitalism is just innate to our being. And then I say, but no, I'm not a utopian. I'm not an anarchist. I am a Marxist. We are scientific. They're the utopians, not us. And they're like, fuck you. You're all the same. Yeah. Commie sack of shit. I'm like, no. There's like 50 different leftist <laughs> brands. <laughs> no, I'm not the utopian brand, I swear. Um, yeah, and it also just points out it what's interesting about this book is it makes it makes touches on a lot of different touchstones from like cinema and film to try to point out different parts of kind of like cuz a lot of like the American psyche and ideology comes from our uh entertainment medium and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of useful to um use different films from different eras and epochs to like say like this was the perspective here in these films, but now in these later films once we've like, you know, gone post neoliberal post fall of the Berlin Wall, you know, uh society like th these are the different themes and you can see how these are different um one of the films he references is the 1999 film office space and just kind of talking about um within that film like even in the uh coffee shop that isn't like the main setting of like the film uh this same kind of totalitarian neoliberal uh ism is uh in full force where it's the uh it's it's a uh, mandatory that you have to have a minimum of seven flare little pins on your jacket, and then the I can't remember her name, but the female that's like of the cast only has the seven pieces of flare, and then the manager comes over and is like, "Oh, you only have seven flare? Well, you you should be wearing more than that." Yerker dirker dirker dirk. They're like, "But I thought you know the minimum of seven is like, well, you don't want to." seem like you're only putting in the minimal effort here do you kind of stuff mm -hmm. where it's like now like you know like these surveys you get all the time where it's like satisfactory is like a five or whatever and uh but if like if you're an employee or a worker or a professor at a university and you only and you get oh you only get satisfactory like that isn't actually satisfactory you'll get called into a meeting or be reprimanded or whatever you have to be always getting very satisfactory like the like the mm -hmm. 
the status isn't like actually like where it's at. You got to be always going above and beyond like all these like little kind of inseparate things. I, I don't know. It, it talks about like a lot of really interesting subjects. Um, I'll probably have to read it. It's only 88 pages. So I'll probably try to read it a couple of times so I can actually talk about it more at length, but I, read I don't know. It it's good. Okay. Yeah. I can yeah. send you the PDF. I got it. Sweet. Let's do it. Um, I've been but trying yeah, no. to slog through capital and it's rough. Uh, I would suggest, as opposed to reading Capital, um, do you know who David Harvey is? Uh, that sounds familiar. Let's look up He's David like Harvey. He's like a Marxist professor, British guy, who moved to the United States, I think, in the 70s. And he's mm-hmm. got an entire series on YouTube um, called <laughs> like Reading Marx Capital Volume 1. And he basically goes through chapter by chapter and breaks it down. So... Oh, cool. Um, I feel like it would be almost better to like just watch him do it and then maybe try to read it afterwards because, uh, yeah, Marx was born a million years ago and his writing is fucking brutal. And mm-hmm. Capital is probably one of the hardest things he's ever written to fucking read. Well, I've been I've been listening to it and I'm on chapter six at the moment. Okay. Um, I, I feel like I got chapters one through four and as soon as it hit five uh it was just like it was extremely pedantic i i I could not does he start talking about links of linen yet oh he's talking about that from the beginning like he he, he talks about the links of linen and absolute values from the very beginning Uh, that's like one of the first things he brings up uh and but in in chapter five he's trying to prove uh based on you know, absolute values um, of capital investment, just mm-hmm. how there is this like little bit in the chain, this this profit margin that is not accounted for and is thus simply appropriated labor value based on this entirely too complicated algorithm you know, in which he's well, like factoring in like multiple inputs uh, versus their perceived outputs based on relative values. And it's just like, God dang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just listening to it without seeing it visually be really hard. But uh, David Harvey uh, goes through the trouble of um, writing it all out on a whiteboard. So when you can actually physically see it, I feel like it's a lot easier to um, mm-hmm. comprehend as opposed to just trying to imagine fucking equations off the top of your head because yeah when i I feel like when you see it visually with uh harvey doing it it's like oh okay that makes sense but yeah just just hearing like the long form writings of marx like trying to explain equations to you yeah Mm -hmm. that's fucking brutal yeah i feel like uh like from from my very limited perspective um and having little to no experience with uh marx's work directly um, trying to listen to it, uh, I I hear like I feel like I'm hearing the exact same thing repeated. Like it's just like he's he keeps cycling over the exact same sentiment, which means that I must be missing something, right? I I, I mean I don't know I don't I don't even I, I don't know enough about um uh the uh actual writing itself to know whether or not there's some kind of distinctive quality every time he mentions this like. It, like the example of the linen, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, links of linen uh, or, you know, coats or... Okay, I'll check it out. 
uh, Capital with Dave Har- David Harvey. Yeah. It just he just breaks it down and makes it really simple. And it also gives you flashbacks to college because he'll like ask questions to the class and then it's just total silence. <laughs> yeah. I really regret that. <laughs> he'll ask like some oddly class. specific question about like he's like, Oh, so what do you guys think about blank? It's like some like very oddly specific question from like the chapter they just read. And then he just like goes on and keeps talking because he's like a thousand years old and a professor. So he's like, I don't expect these fucks to know shit about shit. Let me just keep talking. <laughs> if anyone does know anything about this, we've probably already had a discussion in person. And, you know, they're, yeah, they're, you I, know, I'm very yeah, excited. I'm to a take thousand years old. So I already met like any like leading expert that's ever existed in this ever. So you guys don't know fuck about shit anyways. Let me just keep yeah. talking. I'm just trying to catch all you fucks up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. All right. I'm um, um, MCM. That 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 that's the only uh fucking uh, equation that I can think of right now. What money, commodity, money, money, commodity, money? Yeah, <laughs> that's the only one I could think of right now, off the top of my head. Yep, that's that. That's some chapter one stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the the litmus test. Uh, like, uh, are you are you able to handle the rest of this book? Can you get through chapter chapter five? <laughs> like, I, well, it's funny <laughs> that you say chapter five because I think a lot of people say that like chapter one's like fucking impossible and say just to skip it. I think from other people I've heard, but what chapter one is that's what a lot of people say that I've heard okay. that just like just to completely skip chapter one, just hit them hard right out of the gate and. Uh... It's really long. Like the some of the chapters don't make sense. Oh, you know, in terms of length. yeah, it's the longest fuck thing. Yeah, no, like so. Basically, what I did is I did what you did is I listened to it because I mean it's all on YouTube, and I listened to it in audio, and I listened to most of it. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm picking up on all the things I'm supposed to be picking up on. And then I picked up the David Harvey thing, and then like I went back through and listened to him to catch me up. And I'm like, ah, okay, <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, <laughs> there's substance here that I didn't realize was here. Okay. All right. And, but at the same time, like, don't feel bad for missing stuff because David Harvey has basically taught a class on reading uh, Capital Volume 1 every year since, like, the fucking 70s. Like, he started just, like, reading the book, like, once a year with, like, a little study group until he became, like, a professor and stuff like that. And he's like, I guess I could just like teach this. I've I've read it five thousand times now. Mm-hmm. I get. I mean, who else knows more than I do? So yeah, might as well. Yeah. Do you ever remember being taught anything? You know, even even roughly about Marx or any in college? Um, no, leftist. Fuck no. no. Hell no. Like the closest thing I got to anything was. Um, when I took uh, problems with American institutions uh, in college, mm-hmm. a sociology course, mm-hmm. and um, the nickel and dimed book, like that's the only thing like I remember of like anything like remotely uh, leftist. Um, blah, 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 blah. Barbara Ehrenreich, yeah, that book. Okay. Uh, in any of my classes, like ever. Yeah, wow. no. But I mean, that's yeah. that's that's kind of surprising. I mean, I, f- I feel like I, I it's had... not surprising. Well, it, I mean, it, it was a sociology course, and I mean, like <clears throat> I was in a lot of sociology courses, so I, I definitely got a, a lot more of that. 
Um, but even so, I thought it was it would have been spread a little bit more evenly across the campus. But hey, do they you know, talk, that's, do they talk to you about Marx in your sociology courses? Yeah, it was one of the primary perspectives. Yeah, there was okay. There was like um, like four four um primary perspectives that uh, they they would present regularly. Um, was it uh, functionalism, uh, which uh, a lot of like conservative chuds would basically misinterpret as objectivism? Um, hmm. uh, conflict. What conflict theory is that? Marx. Conflict theory is Marx. Yeah, uh, it was basically conflict between classes, right? Right. <clears throat> or you know, or this idea that there's you know, uh, you know, a consistent war, uh, you know, between peoples, and, and I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm over generalizing, of course, but um, that's that's effectively Marx, um, uh, symbolic interactionism, and and then of course there was always the feminist perspective, um, <laughs> which I mean, I guess Wait, if the other why does that <laughs> it exist on its own? <laughs> I I yeah, I always found it to be. It kind can't of odd. play with the other ones. It can't play with conflict theory. It's mm-hmm. just like. There are men and they have everything, mm-hmm. and there are women and they have nothing. And they have nothing. They yeah. only have. How do you explain Hillary Clinton and uh, Nancy Pelosi? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how we explain it. Get they him, seem to him. have a lot of money and be tied to the status quo of capitalism exploitation. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, but it, it's it's not something that's commonly taught in uh, most universities and colleges. So uh, to have someone like uh, David Harvey, uh, so apparently, is he still working at the uh, City University of New York? Um, he's a bajillion years old, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I've I've watched some like more recent lectures with him, and uh, he's starting to sound like Noam Chomsky. Um, oh yeah. So I'm not for certain. Like he's just like uh the the little engine that could and he's been yeah he's been chugging along for a thousand years yeah pretty much oh man that's great <laughs> well yeah good for him um so what do you think you want to you want to talk about some of the stories and and whatnot it's time to be sad <laughs> Yeah, time to be sad. Yeah, you want to? So, all right, I'm just gonna lay this on you because I don't know who else I can lay this on of like things that are making me sad. It's like okay, so I feel like on some level, um, I'm like I feel like I've become I'm like more sad about this most recent um Biden becoming president. Like not because I want like a fucking literal white supremacist fascist like trump to be president but i feel like um someone who's a literal white supremacist fascist like uh trump as president like people can like easily identify like that's bad mm-hmm. like that's a bad thing right there <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's a bad person that's doing bad things that aren't in in the that aren't in the interest of myself and my community and the world at large. That's a bad thing. Like, you know, it's like a very easily identifiable blemish. It's like, that's bad. Not yeah. good, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah. like... But Biden. <laughs> I feel like with Biden, 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, his entire cabinet is filled with people that are either from like Wall Street mm-hmm. or like the big banks mm-hmm. or the pharmaceutical industry yep. or Ludicrous. the uh, military industrial complex or mm-hmm. holdovers from um, the Obi- uh, Biden, <laughs> Obama <laughs> administration. And it's like, and it's like, none of this is good. Like none, like not, nothing is pointing to, it's like, yeah, we're going to like get ourselves out of this problem. Like things are going to be better. And like, uh, well-intentioned people, I feel like are just going to hold water for this motherfucker Mm -hmm. and defend him every step of the way. And if you were to criticize him now, well, he hasn't had a lot of time to fuck up yet. Uh, but just criticize his past in general and be wary of like future things. People would say like, come on, we beat Trump. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like pull your head out of your ass. Like, let's just be like happy. Like Trump isn't president right now. And if you were to like to criticize him six months from now, it'd be like, come on, it's only been six months. Mm -hmm. Like you can't be critical yet. He hasn't had any time to do anything. It's only been six months. Like Pull your head of your fucking ass. It's been six months. Come on, bro. We, we haven't had time if you to cur- turn things start... around. All the bad things exactly. from the Trump administration are still residual. Literally. Like, I saw, like, a political cartoon where it was, like, showing, like, the Oval Office just, like, completely destroyed. It looked like a tornado had gone through it and, like, messed everything up. And then it showed, like, Biden, like, walking into the Oval Office, like, literally giving that exact kind of, like, fucking perfect excuse it's just like things are so bad now it's not like things can move around quickly in a political atmosphere like things are so bad now that like you you couldn't expect to make good things happen like that's not how laws work when you control the fucking house and the senate mm-hmm. you can't just turn things around so there, that's that's a lot that's a lot and of, then that's a lot of things jimmy <laughs> And then, and then, and then but I'm not done yet. We're going to get to <laughs> then. We're going to get to one year from now, and one year from now, if you start tr- trying to criticize Biden, people are going to say, "Oh, but the midterms, the midterms are around the corner. You got to think about the midterms. We can't be strong against Biden because the midterms are around the corner. We're gonna, we're gonna be trying to have to be trying to elect Democrats and stuff like that. It's like you guys own the fucking Senate and the House. Why are you so worried about the midterms? Like, but the midterms though." We got to keep controlling these things that we haven't been using to make good things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to think about the midterms. You can't be if you're if you're critical in a mean little tweet or a mean little Facebook post, you might cost Biden the entire fucking midterms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have like a an Osama bin Laden that we can show an execution video of around midterms and be like, "Hey, look everybody, oh, yeah. look how we got him." You know, look how, how we got him, folks. Look how we killed this guy. Yeah. Like, Anyways. oh, look, the war on terrorism actually worked. And, you know, now we have a standing to where we can be reelected without doubt or something something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Basically, I'm depressed because all of, like, these fucking, like, Democratic establishment chuds have been saying that, like, hey, we got to elect Biden because we can push him left. And, like, the second you try to be critical to try to push this fucking Republican that Obama only picked as his VP to appeal to Republicans who is now president to push him left. They're going to say, Oh, you can't be critical now. Now is not the right time because we're trying to do X, Y, and Z. You know, it's like now is never the right time. And I don't know. It's just like, 
Hmm. It's just totally demoralizing. Yeah, it it sucks pretty bad. Uh, I know that you're not an accelerationist, um, and I, no. I don't think that I am. But it is pretty annoying uh, to to know that we're going to maybe get. Um, uh, we, you know, a lot of people are probably going to get complacent, or that uh, the current oh, status yeah. quo will muddle the mixture to the extent that people won't be urged to direct action. Um, people won't be talking go back to as, brunch uh, candidly or or in in as great of volumes uh, about the ill workings of the federal government and uh, how how much Trump is fucking up on a day-to-day basis and he, he he would serve it right. up on a silver platter on his red or on his uh, twitter profile um right. regularly so there wasn't really a whole lot of uh, uh veil and i think that that's probably going to return with biden um with maybe a few exceptions and i you know i don't want to speculate because as we went over in the previous episode it's like this you know political speculation is pretty boring <laughs> like no who's who's got the insights uh, uh oh yeah yeah, no, I'm no fortune teller. No, but I, I think uh, one thing is probably likely: uh, Biden's old, um, and he seems like his <laughs> yeah. mental health has declined substantially. <laughs> so he's probably going to yeah. die. And Bruh, dude, I've happens, been thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's probably going to die. Like so, I've like, got like yeah, there's like a. <laughs> There's a very few handful of people I'll talk with politics anymore. And I was like, who wants to make bets that Biden doesn't last four years? And that's not like a political threat yeah. of like someone's going to assassinate him. That's like a he's old as fuck threat. Like he's just going to fucking yeah. die. The dude's already had two aneurysms. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think, think even like SNL was like, like and, hmm? uh, aneurysm. <laughs> But, like, I think even SNL has, like, made jokes about, like, Kamala Harris, like, poisoning him and shit like that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's I'm not... pretty sure she hated it. Like, in the primary or in the um, the Democratic debates, I'm pretty sure she would have stabbed him right in the back. It seemed like they hated the each thing, other. The thing is, though, is that uh, um, speaking of what you were saying about, like, uh, Kamala Harris seemed like she was, like, ready to stab Drew Biden in the back, is that... Either CNN or 60 Minutes or some other fucking thing was like asking her about all that um, because it was, you know, clearly uh, apparent to anyone watching the debates at that time about, you know, it's like, hey, it seems like you're pretty, you know, uh, aggressive towards Joe Biden, like in those debates and stuff like that. Like now you're the VP. Like, how is that going to look? Like, are you going to try to push Biden to the left? You're one of, if not the most, you know, uh progressive senators in the senate herka durka 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 dur and then Kamala <laughs> Harris's uh, response was I wouldn't be Joe Biden's VP if I didn't believe everything Joe Biden already stood for basically saying that like whatever Joe Biden's for I'm also for I'm not going to push him in any direction other than what Joe Biden already wants to do yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds. Yeah, so um, the idea... Kami Law Harris. Kami Law Harris. I wish it was Kami Law Harris, but it's just Coppola Harris, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just it's just incredible because, like, yeah, they've also tried to, like, paint Joe Biden like he's going to be the next, like, fucking uh, FDR while he's, like, 
He was like too right wing for the Reagan administration when it came to the war on drugs, and they like pushed back mm-hmm. against him. Uh, so I don't know, man. It's like we just like we just like live in upside down world. Um, mm-hmm. and and like and like weird. no one has like any sense of history or like any understanding of like things that have happened before. And uh, yeah, Americans have like well, yeah. Things happen quickly, and we have a population of people that are disenfranchised from um, political agency. Well, I mean, yeah, so... the most poor people in this country don't fucking vote. Like, I've had it, like, thrown back at me that you have to be, like, a rich, white, privileged male to not vote for my personal, like, political affiliations. But if you look at it statistically, like, that's not the case. Like, rich, white people always fucking vote. They, they always, always they fucking vote. vote. It's like poor, disenfranchised mm-hmm. they, people of color that primarily mm-hmm. don't fucking vote because both political yeah. parties have fucked them over for the last forever. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, they, they've been told so many times, like, hey, well, you know, like, if we just get this one thing right, then uh, the whole systemic racism thing is next. Yeah. Uh, we just have to, We just have to fix this problem over here. Um, and, and then we'll get to yours. We'll, we'll get to yours after that. And time and time again, it's just been glossed over and glossed over. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the solution to that is, but, uh, I do know what that means for the immediate future. Uh, you, you can't expect people that obviously don't have political agency to be educated to the extent that they're going to produce a direct action that's necessary to, uh, affect a, a change uh there, there's there's not going to be any kind of major uprising at least not in the biden administration um i think that no. if if anything could have been the uh the, the the spark that changed something was the capitol hill riots or you know maybe some type of uh a coup that was attempted on the inaugural date or wh- whatever you know mm-hmm. proud boy movement that's down the pipeline those are the types of things that will ultimately cause a major change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, perhaps not for the better, but it's definitely going to shake up the status quo more than the Biden administration will. Yeah. I mean, um, um like early on in the fucking campaign, like uh, a secret speech that got leaked to the public where um, Biden was talking to like wall street people. He said, nothing is going to fundamentally change. So if there's anything <laughs> that I would hang my hat on, of what is going to be the next four years of American democracy is that nothing is going to fundamentally change. You know, it's going to be boring as and fuck. like and even like under like the Trump presidency, like nothing really fundamentally changed, right? Like nothing. Like there was a lot of you know hair on fire and people freaking out and saying this isn't normal and. But, like, for the most part, like, as far as, like, the way the fundamentals of everything, like, works, you know, the the military-industrial complex went on, like, corporations went on, like, things, like, just kept happening the way that they did before, but people were hysterical and they couldn't put their finger on why. On, on why they were hysterical? Yeah. I mean, they blame Trump for it, but it was just like, but they, but yeah. they couldn't say like anything specific outside of that. Just like, well, Trump, it's like, well, well, what is he doing? Like, what's happening that's like making you 
Like what what's causing your Trump derangement syndrome? It's like, well, Trump, you know. Yeah, it can't be that he's just oh he's 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 uncouth, he's incompetent. Like to what extent? Well, like that was like, it though. <laughs> yeah, like tell tell us more. Like it, what he's 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 not hiding what uh, government bureaucracies are doing well enough for you know your delicate sensibilities yeah exactly because like, like the like the systemic racism and everything else like that that's like caused like mayhem on like poor like people of color and like poor whites like didn't change under trump like that was like an american feature since like the last fucking forever and it's going to remain yeah. like an american feature like under biden you know um <laughs> yeah like poor people's right. lives are still going to fucking suck like mm-hmm. and that's that's it. Yeah, there's there's no incentive uh, for the current administration to make that any better because those people aren't voters. You know, just, yeah, just exactly said, as like, we just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 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 not they're not the scorekeepers. And in to this the game. extent and, that they are voters, they aren't campaign contributors. So, like, who the fuck cares about bingo? That? I mean, that's the that's the really the the big takeaway here. Like, who who gives a fuck if even you or I are voting? Yeah maybe the uh you know the the poor fucks out there that have decided not to vote at all are just like i'm not even gonna waste the time i'm not even gonna get engaged in this um uh, metaphorical baseball game like this is stupid yep. uh you know they they can they can have their little racket uh you know their, their little their little shill game and i'm gonna sit over here and i'm going to try to keep myself and my family alive yep. because i know that nobody else is going to do it for me right exactly now. um and I hope that nobody tries to fuck that up in the process. Um, so, of course, they're, you know, in the instance that they are engaged in some kind of uh, discussion about politics or civics uh, in, in public uh, or, you know, or within their social circles, they're probably just going to decry the government as being bad, you know, just general big government bad. Um, and anything that's associated with those types of things as being bad as well. Uh, authoritarian structures, uh, communism with a big C, um, uh, you know, I don't know. They, they might associate things like um, uh, uh, supremacist organizations uh, or nationalist organizations in that extent. But uh, even then, you know, that, that those kinds of terminologies, those populist, uh, that populist rhetoric has become normalized over the last administration. Um, you know, we, I don't know if we've ever had a president that openly decried themselves as being uh, a nationalist. You know, that I mean, that's that's a pretty stark contrast to the majority of but yeah, leaders no, that's the true. That, that, that was pretty unique to Trump. Yeah, I'm not trying to say like Trump was like a good dude or like anything else like that that he wasn't like a fucking no right wing extremist that like incited you know racial violence and stuff like that for his own personal benefit but like yeah thank god he wasn't more competent in doing it yeah pretty much because i think that he had the ability to Mm -hmm. um everything lined up and if he was if he had a a lick of intelligence about him then he he could have done some disastrous things but because he just wasn't smart enough and he just had too much ego to keep his mouth shut, he he, he ran that shit right to the ground. And he, he probably could have been uh a you know, one of the one of the most formative world leaders that our world has ever known, based on just how much of a cult of personality he had built up by being crass 
Yeah. It's, it's that's all it really takes, apparently. Yeah. Like people are so sick of seeing the same old like professional uh, managerial piece of shit. Fucking, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like that guy looks like the the fucking supermarket boss that I had in middle school. Like I don't I don't I don't care about that guy. He doesn't care about me. Exactly. He's putting on a face because he's running a little game in the background while I'm trying to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, seem a little more relatable and a little less robotic. Exactly. Uh, a little bit more human. <laughs> exactly. Pretend like you know how tough it is to be the little guy. Right. <laughs> Which is incredible considering like he's a fucking billionaire, but yeah, it somehow mm-hmm. came across as genuine to some people, which is incredible, but that's He was thing. on the he was on the wrestling, you know. Is this Okay, so that being said, I I hope that the conversations regarding Biden and the Biden administration will uh, stop being overshadowed by the Trump administration, just how dramatic of a display it was. I know at this point, a lot of people and probably, you know, in the next couple of months are going to compare every move that the Biden administration makes with the remnants of the Trump administration. Um, but I have a feeling that, uh, you know, the Trump administration is, is, is going to have this, this very loud presence um, throughout the course of you know the, the next the, decade the loud or presence so. will be that no matter how shitty Biden is people will be screaming from the raptors at least it's not Trump this this exactly. is a bad thing but at least it's not Trump it's like yeah but it's still bad You're like yeah but at least it's not Trump you're 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 they're like no they, they don't but it's bad we're trying to say rhetoric. it's bad it's bad going on here You're like yeah it's bad but it, at least it's not Trump okay. it's like god damn it that reminds me of something uh, so there's this like uh, I I I to to my dismay I have involved myself with some public chat rooms on Facebook, Why? Uh, proximal to my my local community my my area here in the great state of Tennessee. I wouldn't touch Facebook with a ten foot fucking pole. I've like I refuse well, to I was, post on Facebook anymore. I was trying to find some medieval buddies, man. What can I do? <laughs> That's the only way to do it. So I'm out there. Well, I could go out there and like. I don't know, like, set myself on fire and run down mainstream. <laughs> like, I need medieval buddy. You could, like, put your armor on and just have one of those, like, flip signs. It's like, if you want to learn more about medieval combat, email me at blankety-blank-blank at gmail.com. That's true. That's that's quite a bit more time and effort than what I want to put into a marketing Fine. campaign that I might get trash thrown at me and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that kind of goes into what I'm talking about here. Um, and I wouldn't be bringing it up if I didn't hear it in casual conversation as well. Um, there is this, this weird kind of, um, uh, I don't, I, I guess, I guess I'd call it like a, a, a resiliency. Um, when people are denoted as doing something wrong, mm-hmm. uh, there are some folks that see what they are doing as objectively wrong and stop, but it seems like the majority of Tennesseans that I deal with, hear someone tell them that they're doing something wrong and then they dig their heels in and convince themselves that no matter what it is that they're doing, no matter what kind of reason the other person has for telling them that they're doing something wrong, they were right. And all they need to do is never go on the defensive. You know, never, never allow them to question what your behaviors are. You're always right. They're always wrong. And you beat them into submission with your, 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 your weight. I mean, that, uh, that, so in that, this particular instance, that sounds like just like American I mean, it, 
perspective, but also Trump. That's just America. Yeah. Okay. It might just be American. It I think might, that's just American. American. I think just Americans in general like are resentful to criticism in any shape or form, constructive or otherwise. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It, it's a big issue. It's a big. It's yeah. A big no, problem. it's bad. <laughs> I'm uh, not going to argue with that. Traffic metaphor. I think it's very American. Yeah, it probably is. Um, why Americans can't do like uh, zipper mergers or things like that. It's, uh, other countries don't seem to have a problem with it. I mean, there's some like uh, some English turnabouts that don't have any signs, and apparently that works out just fine for them. But Americans are like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> um, they they consistently talk about this idea of brake checking and how it's offensive if someone brake checks them. Um, especially in the instance that they happen to be riding on the person's bumper. And it's not even like a, a veiled thing like, oh, well, maybe I was getting a little too close. Maybe that's why they brake checked me. They'll openly say like, I was riding someone's bumper and then they brake checked me. It's like you were riding someone's bumper. You, you, you know that that's a dick thing to do. Like everybody knows it's a dick thing to do. To ride someone's bumper is like, well, they're going too slow. Like, what do you mean they're going too slow? Like, well, I want to go 20 over the speed limit. Like, you know why the speed limit is there. Like, the the speed limit is there for a particular, ah, fuck it. I don't care what the speed limit is. Like, okay, so you know you're breaking the law. You know you're riding somebody's bumper, and then you're chastising them for brake checking you in an effort to get to communicate to you that you need to slow down because at any moment they could throw on their brakes and then everybody would be in it. A shitload of trouble right like damn i don't even know what this was relating to in our previous political discussion <laughs> what were we talking about directly before this have i ever told <laughs> you about brake checking it is nefarious in the state of tennessee oh, i know it i know what this is relating to so if you decry say like trump supporters at trump supporters as being like uh um nationalists or white supremacists or let's just let's just say generally bad then that will probably bolster them in a certain capacity, you know, they will believe themselves to be kind of like martyrs. Ostracized, and yeah. Thus it will strengthen their resolve because they have found resistance. And through all of these narratives throughout our upbringing, all this propaganda, you know, you, you have uh, this struggle. And if people are causing you to have to struggle, it probably means that you're doing the right thing. You know, like says I'm kind of like generic. Right. Um, like a circular I must logic. be the hero in my own story because yeah. they're giving me shit. Yeah. I'm being ostracized like and reprimanded. Therefore, I must be right. Because I'm, yeah, I have these great ideas. I'm the savior, you know. Right, God's Jesus martyrdom, fucking complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I could totally see that, like feeding into like someone's like internal logic and fallacies of like, yeah, I'm I'm receiving this resistance, therefore I'm right because um, there's some random fucking Bible quote I can pull up about. How you know you're going to receive resistance for being right in the name of God or bullshit, random fucking bullshit, yada yada, you fucking yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to say like the fucking like fascist, far right, Christian fundamentalists like aren't a fucking thing. Like Chris Hedges has written a lot about this group as like a real threat to American democracy in general over the last fucking forever right and they're not fucking going away and they all fucking you know um signed up under like trump 
to try to give them legitimacy and Mike Pence too, you know, like Mike Pence doesn't give a, get a lot of shit, especially with like this most recent Capitol riot with them claiming that uh, these Capitol rioters were going to go and murder his ass. But um, like Mike Pence is a fucking Christian fundamentalist, like rapture through and through type person. And I think even Mike Pompeo like has said that like everything he's doing is like for the rapture or like some kind of shit. Like there's a lot of like spooky fucking like Christian fundamentalist, you know, you could like see these people on the same level of, um, of, uh, ethics as like jihadists and stuff like that, that are like doing things in the real world that we all inhabit in order to further their psycho dream of the rapture, you know, being like a real thing that's going to happen at any second, which is not a, which is not something that a sane person would do. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. It's horrifying. Um, yeah, when people like oh, Secretary of State, uh, Secretary Vermin Defense, Supreme. Like Vermin Supreme is not horrifying because Vermin Supreme yeah. is a self-acknowledged joke. It's <laughs> yeah, and, and, and exactly. And he's, no he's, he's, he's a. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even so, like he got he was the running mate of what's her face. Um, up until like the the primaries, who ah, the lady that ran on the libertarian platform? I can't remember her name. You know what I'm nothing. talking about? Like the most recent one? Because uh, I know there was a lady yeah. that recently ran on the Libertarian Party that I didn't give her much attention. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Jody Joy. Uh, Joe Jorgensen. There you go. Vermin Supreme uh-huh. with a running mate? Uh, her running mate before she decided to run with uh, some other guy. So uh, she Spike was like, Lee, I, th- I no, want to be serious. I can't have fucking Vermin Supreme as a running mate. I'm going to have random no, other Spike dude. Lee, Spike Cohen. Um, yeah, podcaster Spike Cohen. Um Oh, no, okay, so that was Vermin Supreme's original running mate. Boom. And then went to be Joe Jorgensen's. Wait, who was Vermin Supreme's Ah. original running mate? I'm confused. Who was what? Was Spike Cohen. So Spike Spike Cohen Cohen decided to run with Joe Jorgensen. Spike Cohen was originally running with Vermin Supreme. And he left Vermin Supreme for Joe Jorgensen because she had the bigger name recognition. Exactly, like a shitbag. Sounds right. But then again, you know, that's that's right libertarianism for you. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they'd sell their own children into slavery. Yeah, exactly. That's just how it goes. Is you're telling me <laughs> if I sell my kids into slavery, I can have this plot of land? <laughs> sold. <Yep. laughs> that's right. That that would be your right as a landowner. Yeah, sold. <laughs> yeah. Double or nothing. <laughs> and I can have this land forever? <laughs> Because we recognize private property as a sacred right that individuals can own for all eternity? Yes. Sold! Well, I mean, kind of. Uh, Sold! (laughs) Oh, man. I'm just thinking for the long term. 
When my great, 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 great grandson inherits this land, and there's 5,000 billion people living on this planet, this land's going to be worth something. People are going to want this land. Yep, and it's going to be all mine. All his. I mean his. I mean his. I'm dead. It's a long time from now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah, dude. Did you get out all your all all your political hatred for the time being? I'm sure we'll build it back up. I don't know, man. We have a pretty high tolerance for it, you know? You you build it up all week and then you have, you know, a solid half hour where you can just be like, Yeah, no. Take that, unsuspecting listener. No, yeah, there's that. No, I'm just in a weird feeling position right now, just with like the transitionary phase that we're in right now of just like feeling that if I was going to air out any of my dirty laundry, just like knowing like the fucking vitriolic backlash that I would receive for even being like semi critical of someone like Joe Biden of just like, blah, he won fair and square retard. Like, Trump is terrible. There is nothing he could do that is worse than Trump. He could literally eat babies in front of a crowd, and he would still be less evil than the Trumposaur. And I'd be like, yeah, but what about these things? Shouldn't we be trying to push him left? It's like, yes, we said in the primary we should push him left after he becomes president. But now that he has assumed his final form and power, we cannot criticize him no more. No, mortal. You must be subservient to the Bidenosaur and the Kamala Sarasatron, for they are the true rulers of the universe. It's like, yeah, but what about these things here? They could do better. Like, they could help with... You know, this and this other thing, because, you know, you know, we're in like a fucking like depression and people need money. It's like, how dare you be critical to Biden sore <laughs> and Kamala Sarasatron? Are you racist? It's like, no, I'm not racist. I just like think we could like do a little bit better on this and the other thing and like the environmental stuff. It's like, oh, how dare you? Trump was much worse on those issues. What are you, a fucking bigot? feminist hater you know and it's like it just goes on in perpetuity you know it's like no matter like what reasonable concern you have it's just like it's like it gets like sucked into like the identity politics like fucking uh capacitor and it gets you know fused into like some kind of weapon to like just like punish people that are to the left of like these neoliberal monsters you know and, like, if you're, like, critical in any way, shape, or form of these people that you expect better from, I just assume... It's like it's like a never-ending, like, circle. It's like, you criticize these people because they claim to be better, and they claim that you're, like, just as bad as, like, the Trump people, and you say you're not as just as bad as the Trump people. You just think that now that these people are in power, they should be doing something better, and they're not doing something better. Um, so you're accused of being just as bad as the Trump people... And it's just like, it's like you just can't fucking win. And I'm just going to be like depressed about that for a while of just how it's like we're like supposedly in a new age of politics, but like everything's the same but different. But instead of being called like a cuck 
by like some like Trumpazor, like fucking like Trump loving like fuckhead, right? Like now, instead of being called a cuck by like a Trump person, you're going to get called like a racist bigot asshole for resenting the uh, the the Biden Kamala Harris administration. And I don't know if I'm like phrasing any of this in like any coherent way whatsoever, but I just kind of feel really deflated right now. I think I understand where you're coming from. Um, but Jimmy, aren't you happy about the fact that we have the first ever Jamaican, Indian, and woman boxes checked? They're in the White House right now. Check, check, check by one person. That's pretty cool. Like we also like have I'm happy white guy. Check. Middle aged? You mean like end aged, right? Like end aged. Oh, middle aged. Sorry. Uh late yeah, late, late stage. Late like super, super late aged. Yeah, that's like, exactly what I mean. I'm glad the boxes are checked. You know, like I'm not like a person of color. But what does that fix? Woman. Ex- what does that do? It doesn't do anything like if the person that like is assuming that role is like assuming it explicitly for their own personal gain. You know, just be like how superficial it's is very it? superficial. It's, it's a, it doesn't matter at all. Like it doesn't like, I, I wish that we couldn't even see our candidates. That would be great. Yeah. Like you're just like I don't want to I don't want to see them at all. I don't want to know what their names are. You can refer to them as candidates one, two, and three. Like I just want to like, judge them exclusively on the decisions that they make or don't make. Like unless you're an incredibly rich and wealthy, you know, Jamaican and or person of color, like you can kiss goodbye the idea of ever like being a part of any part of like the fucking governmental apparatus that we like currently fucking live under. It's, you know, and like, and I think like I was hearing something the other day about like a trans woman being a part of like the Biden administration. It's just like, yeah, but like that doesn't do anything for like poor amazing trans women and stuff like that. Like if you're still poor and you're still a trans woman in the United States of America, like we don't have universal healthcare or any of these other things like help you like with like transitioning or anything else like, or, um, symbolic of progress yeah it's symbolic of progress right you know or like Mm -hmm. therapy or like any of the other like fucking needs you may like require like as Mm -hmm. like a trans person united states of like fucking america it's like yeah cool like someone that has these same identifiers as i have is like now in the government but like that doesn't fucking like fix my own personal individual problems like in this fucking country yeah no, n- not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, I'm sure that, uh, I, you know, I, 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 of course, have a very um, fortunate perspective being a white male. Yeah, we're um, white males, dude. Yeah, we're white males, so I certainly can't speak for any of these groups, but I would assume that, you know, if, if these groups here... Um, uh, like such language as "Oh, this is the first ever, you know, woman Jamaican Indian person." I'm sure there are a lot of women out there, a lot of Jamaicans, and a lot of Indians that hear that and and are just like, "Okay, like that's that's not me. That doesn't positively affect me in really any way." Like, are they thinking this is supposed to be like a nod to us? 
Like, yeah. you guys finally did it. You guys put together one of your own uh, to rise to the challenge of ultimately being elected the vice president of the United States. Good job, all you folks. It, it, I would I would be deeply insulted that, that that was even being brought up because it's certainly not being brought up that Joe Biden, you know, like, good job, white folks. You managed to put another man in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> that never happens. It never happens because yeah. it's automatically assumed that that's going to be the case. Like, oh, another one? Like, don't bring it up. You know, their race is invisible. Everybody else's is the one you bring up yeah. because those are the ones that, that, that matter to be brought up. Those are the ones that are still de- dehumanizing people in relation to their race because we see the race first and then their humanity as something that, you know, is after that fact. Um, right. White folks, you're all good. Like, you, you don't even have, you know, we don't even have a race anymore. Like, we're not English. Right. We're not Irish. We're not Scott. You know, whatever. whatever you know, where, wherever you come from, right. like, half of us don't even know where we came from. I don't know where I came from. Like, I guess it's some, like, amalgamation yeah. of Europeans, you know, colonists <laughs> yeah. and shit. Exactly, uh, or, you know, or, or like uh, you know, maybe some people that like fled during a potato famine once upon a time, right? Um, but that's not something that that uh, hey, whatever. I I don't uh, I don't know. I like I'm I'm certainly not on on the uh, whole like let's not ever talk about race again. And that's how you solve. Oh it. yeah, but no. I don't think that you know electing Kamala Harris uh, or electing Biden with Kamala Harris as a running mate. Yeah, solves inequality in any sense, you know, racial inequality yeah, exactly. in any sense. No, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's no the way. part that I'm most critical of. Yeah, absolutely. That's like this symbolic representation that, it, like, they act like it solves all the fucking issues when it absolutely does not. You know, and like Biden gave like a really pretty speech the other day when he was inaugurated, but he didn't give like any explanations of how he was going to achieve any of the things he was talking about on that stage is like, yeah, you can, you like, I could go in my living room and talk about, you know, how, you know, racial equality is good. And, uh, you know, how you, the, the wage between man and woman is too far apart. And also that of white people and all the other races of America, you know, I could, I could give that speech in my living room, but if I don't have any power, or like any plan to like fix these issues like it doesn't mean a whole fucking lot much like you know Biden mm-hmm. saying pretty words doesn't mean a whole fucking lot so i don't know like yeah, I, I would phrases. love to be proven wrong you know but i'm just very skeptical and um yeah i just want to see him like wear a t-shirt or something you know like can we just like uh, <laughs> like strip away some of the like professional pageantry like, can we just, like, reduce the whole, like, corporate monkey suit vibe? Like, you just go in there with, like, some... I want to see some cargo shorts. I want to see some cargo shorts in the Oval Office. I want to see some flip-flops. Get some big old goofy sunglasses. Just pretend like you're going to the beach. No, fuck it. Like, we need we need to, we need to, we need to de-starch this place. Ugh, just relax a little bit. I mean, that's that that would be, I think, a step in the right direction. <laughs> Chill vibes. It'd be like, all right, yeah, maybe like, uh, yeah, chill Biden. Um, I think that that would probably be the best thing, in my opinion. If he came into the Oval Office one day and he was just like, look, guys, I know I just won the presidency and all, but this job is actually really lame. And I just want to use this podium right now to tell everyone 
I don't think there should be a president. I don't think there should ever be a president ever again. And then there'd be a bunch of people like, but we want to be president next. We want all the power. And he's like, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not fun. It's not right. It's not good. Nobody likes this. Uh, you know, people get all riled up every four years, pretending like they have some kind of agency in the democratic process. And, you know, we constantly refer to like democracy as, as being this like super awesome thing that we're going to gift to other countries that we're going to oppress with our imperialism. But, you know, it's all a big facade. It's all stupid. I'm just going to just, let's just not do this anymore. Yeah. Executive order, no more presidents. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's not how it works. <laughs> all presidents are illegal. Yeah, no more presidents. <laughs> yeah, I I really just I, I really just needed to tell. Uh, oh, it's never gonna fucking happen. I was like, uh, what 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 route would we have to go? Uh, go about to, uh, you know, present on our next ballot. Um, a, a third like none of the above option, or like a eliminate presidential <laughs> seat option. Okay, like A, like, B, C, D. An E option where the E option is just like ban the presidency. <laughs> yeah. No more presidents. No more presidents. Yeah. yeah. It sounds good. While we're, yeah. while we're at it, we got to get rid of the Senate too. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, actually, let's just let's just have like a government hiatus for a little bit. I mean, I'm... Black bears! I'm not I want black bears to rule. I'm not explicitly <laughs> against like the house, but it's like the best of the branches we do have. Um, okay. So yeah, if we were trying to like totally reform the government in our own image, I have no problem having a representative government, um, government, as long as we can have a liquid voting system in which I can retain my vote for myself in the instance that I wanted to cast it, um, instead of my representative. Um, that, that would be my only catch. Um, because I'm, I'm tired of seeing like these like goofy ass bills being like uh, like a lot of things that like don't make sense to me personally getting passed through and on the flip side, things that are very obvious, uh, that, that should pass, uh, getting looked over because, uh, you know, there's not like enough, uh, corporate support or something like that. Right. Like, yeah, I, you know, I want, I want some direct action. I want to be able to, you know, step in there and be like, I, yeah, like, um, you know, weed needs to be legal now. <laughs> yeah. Like something like that. Right. Like, uh, you know, that's far too long. Like even I'm I'm pretty sure that um that was part of Kamala Harris running uh platform. Was that really? Uh, she was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. She was like uh I, I'm pretty that's sure that ironic. she was um pro the legalization of weed despite her yeah, despite her career as attorney general in California persecuting people for yeah. for that type of thing. Yeah, that's so ironic as hell. Low level low level uh drug offenses. Uh there's actually a um an image that's been circulating around. Uh someone took a picture or basically all of the pictures of the people that were oppressed under uh under those sentiments while she was the attorney general of California and um made a mural over they, face. They made a mural over face. I saw and that. So there's hundreds and hundreds of Well, I saw and I saw people. someone else like criticizing that image of like they use the same images over and over again, which is kind of true. Like it's not like not every picture that's on there is like the it's an individually different person. They just use different colorations, but it's like, yeah, but still, <laughs> it's a lot of people. It's getting the point across, at least. Like, yeah, even if exactly. it was just one person, it's still hypocritical. Yeah, exactly. Even if it was one person, exactly, that she was doing it against us to be hypocritical. Mm-hmm. 
Like uh, people get real caught up in the numbers. In the nuance, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's what mm. we call nuance trolling. Nuance trolling. Um nice. The Yeah, the what aboutism? Yeah, exactly. It's another good one. That, I don't know if it's not not it's not quite a what aboutism. What about blankety blank? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh, what aboutism would be like uh Oh, you know, like Kamala Harris is doing this thing that's like totally hypocritical. It's like, well, what about someone that? Wait a second, you're. Uh, I'm supposed to be attacking Kamala Harris too. What? What are we supposed to be doing? And I was like, you no, know, we can do attack Kamala Harris together. Like, there's no reason why we can't. They're like, no, I can't. Oh, you're on the. I'm a Democrat. I can't criticize Kamala Harris. Yeah, that's. I kind of love the look on uh, like conservatives' faces when they they assume that. You know, you, you, maybe you you say something that sounds leftist, and they're like, "Oh, you you must be a fan of the Democrats." So then they like like a dick move, like totally try to like uh, um, rile you into a fight by insulting Democrats. You're like, no, nah, I hate them you too. You join them, yeah, you <laughs> join them. And it's like, oh yeah, Democrats fucking suck, and then they're like, mm, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah, they're just like they stop in their tracks, like. I guess there's nothing I can say. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that Obama was a sellout to the fucking Wall Street. Am I right? You're like, yeah, you are right. You're like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, we. Don't, yeah, I guess he was. <laughs> it's like, hey, when's he gonna get persecuted for them war Hello? crimes? Am I right? And I'm like, what? What war crime? I mean, yeah, Hello? yeah, yeah. War, war crimes. Yeah. God let's, damn it. Let's persecute. And let's get his uh, birth certificate. He was like, no, no, no. The birth certificate thing's bullshit. No, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Associate just with like a lot of like fucking liberals, right? That like are just so stuck in like the American ethos and way of thinking that like they associate being a liberal with like being like a leftist, right? Or being like left wing. Like, well, if you like look at like any fucking political compass chart, like liberals are a hair step away from being a conservative right like in any sane world like liberals are right wingers like someone like bernie sanders would be running in like a centrist or right wing party in like most fucking european countries just because like the things he's saying are like so fucking obvious and like so fucking boilerplate like centrist like in most fucking places and so like just the fact that like now that we have like a biden presidency like there's like false sense of confidence that like we have now like a left-wing president that's going to like do good things for people as opposed to like bad things for people and it's just like no bro like fucking no like no just no 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 and so, like, and I feel like a lot of these people are going to be, um, like, willing idiots, like, trying to hold water for this administration just because, like, the Trump administration was so bad. It's like, no, just because, like, the Trump administration was, like, fucking dog shit and terrible and bad doesn't mean you have to go above and beyond to try to defend, like, this next, like, trash administration, right? And, like, and I feel like if you're critical of, like, mm-hmm. this, like, current administration we're going to be living underneath, people are going to be like, oh, you must be, like, some fucking right-wing fascist, like, dotard, like, Trump supporter. It's like, fucking no. Anyways, so, yeah, 
And I've just been like running through this in my brain a lot. And like, I should stop talking about it or thinking about it because it doesn't fucking matter. But it's just like something that I've been ruminating on. And I'm just like, God damn it. I'm like already like pre depressed for it. I'm like preemptively depressing myself for something that hasn't even happened yet that I'm just like really confident it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to be as bad. Um, I, I, uh, I, I understand where you're coming from though. I, I think that we are going to find ourselves well, in a certain state of malaise. Exactly. And, and I've already just had like so many people that like I'm close with, like that I've been critical of like Biden like just like running in general like posts like the primaries when like biden was the obvious choice for democrats and then just like them like shitting on me for for being critical of them and i'm just like fuck like even now if i have like some legitimate criticism of them like i can't even like fucking talk to you about it because you think that i'm just like a f- entire like sack of shit for like not being willing to vote for him in the first fucking place you know, and I think like uh, these same people are going to be like overly fucking defensive about him for like the next four fucking years because it's kind of like it's kind of like um, it's it's like uh, people um, being defensive of the products that they like consume. Right. It's mm-hmm. like people that buy like an Xbox are overly like defensive of like Xbox over like the PlayStation because like they bought the Xbox and they've put all this money into it. Mm-hmm. So they want to believe that the Xbox is better than the PlayStation, even though they've never owned a PlayStation yeah. just for like the... uh, for- Ford and uh, Chevy. Exactly. Ford and um... Chevy. It's like I put all this money into a Ford. So I want to believe that the Ford's better than the Chevy. So I'm yeah. going to laugh at all like these like jokes about how Ford's better like than Chevy is. and you know, yeah, there's there's all kinds anything. of like brand rivalries and tribalism. You know, that result Microsoft, from Microsoft your, your over Apple, choice. exactly. So yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be the same thing. Like even these like well-intentioned people that like voted for Biden over Trump in order to beat Trump in like the general election, like as opposed to like now to letting their guard down and allowing themselves to be critical of like a Biden presidency, like when he does fucked up shit are instead mm-hmm. going to buy into their brand fucking loyalty and be like, well, I voted for him. And so now I have to defend him for the next four years. Like it's like my fucking brand because we're like so fucking bought into like this fucking goddamn neoliberal individualism where it's like, it was like my own personal consumer choice in this thing. So now I'm going to identify with this thing because like I have no like communal, like uh other thing to identify with except for my own like personal consumer choices and like i'm now seeing my fucking like vote as a consumer choice that i now have to like defend a brand loyalty you know it's like neoliberalism just to like its highest fucking extent yeah well i do fuck them like i i i don't uh you you don't necessarily have to engage folks like that. Um, and even though some mental pugilists, I'm not going to name any names, enjoy that type of thing. Um, you know, uh, getting in these, these conflicts with folks or, or trying to upend someone's viewpoint by, you know, subverting an expectation. Um, some people find that enjoyable. I can understand why a lot of people don't. Uh, and, that being said, I have many friends and family that are liberals. I have many friends and family that are conservatives. And I love them just the same. Although I do have to make 
certain um uh I, I guess I have to build kind of like a, a box around them, you know, a certain certain uh parameter from which I have to force myself to understand what their viewpoints are. Um, you know, sometimes well, it takes the form of, of, you know, being complacent and understand that we're going to see eye to eye on some things and some things we're not. Um, but that usually leads into a lot more interesting conversations uh, of, uh, of existentialism, uh, metaphysics, just the basics, you know, like well, you, you, know you usually funny. have to make Sorry, conversations what? abstract. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's like my conservative friends and like family members that I do have, like, I feel like it's almost easier to talk with them about this than like my liberal friends because like the existential threat that was like felt yeah. by like my liberal friends of like this most recent like presidential election, like was not to the extreme extent of at least the conservative family members that like I have in like my own personal life as like far as like being able to talk about this stuff without getting like yeah. fucking butt hurt about I, like I feel the same way the direction of this country and stuff like that and it's like yeah and so it's like I, I think that we've had a similar experience when it comes to this like i've had a lot easier time relating to my conservative friends and family members as of late than i have my liberal ones yep um because uh it, you know like you said there's a, a certain openness to discuss at least in general uh, you know, ideas of anti-government sentiment or, yep. um, you know, deregulatory practices or, uh, you, you know, eff effectively something that would equate to anti-liberalism or anti-neoliberalism. And um, yep. you can't really do that with the, you know, you, you can't really say nope. anything uh, um, critical about the current administration without nope. immediately being canceled. Um, yeah, you know, labeled as being, uh, uh, you know, whatever given bad moniker. Yeah, no, literally. Yeah, no, I had, uh, certain friends that like, yeah, I was critical of the, of the current, uh, what, who J Biden and Kamala Harris, like, uh, presidency. And then like, I told like other family members, I was like, yeah, like I had some friends that wouldn't talk to me. Like after I told them that and they're like, yeah, I don't blame them. I was like, well, fuck. Thanks family member <laughs> for the support. <laughs> really appreciate wow. it. Yeah. Jesus. It's like, thank you. That's what I needed. <laughs> yeah. So, that was the pick yeah. me up. I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Kills is like, okay, well, cool. Good. Good to know. That's, that's the playing field that we're playing on now. Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah no i like i yeah basically yeah no i've completely like facebook is like a no-go zone like i recently like uninstalled reddit from my phone i'm just like i'm just gonna be a fucking hermit i'm just going to like sit under my rock and then like flip it over occasionally to see if like any roly polies have started deciding to relocate under my rock and uh just go from there <laughs> and it's it's uh yeah it, i'm being very hermitage um but you know i can't i don't know that sounds great man that's all i got that's kind of how i want to be i i spent uh the entire okay so our school i i have got some some tales from tim's tim's tales from school i got a couple of good stories which school uh, i uh, so I'm going to barbering school at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. How to cut all the hairs off. And uh, 
Tuesday I went in. That's when the week starts. And uh, they informed us that uh, the school was shut down due to COVID. I was like, oh, okay. Why are we all here right now? And like, oh, we wanted to <laughs> yeah. wait everybody get before we told you guys. We wanted everyone to get together uh, and spread the COVID around before we told yeah, you like, well, you got to go home was, because of COVID. Precisely. Last time uh, we got together like this and you told us that what? we were shutting the school down, we closed for two weeks. Why are they only closing the, the school down for uh, the, the day this time around? And they were like, oh, we got this like super expensive machine that's supposed to atomize bleach everywhere and kill all the stuff. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, you guys don't understand how communicable diseases work, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you got us all together, you dumb fucks. This could have been an email. <laughs> yeah, they were like, someone uh, has come into the school <laughs> yeah. uh, with that had COVID, and um, now Someone who's potential. among you right now as we speak has the yeah. COVID. <laughs> And as breathing amongst you, look to your left, look to your right. One of you has COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Um, all right. Well, whatever. This stupid policy. Oh, fuck, home. bro. God damn it. Wish I was wearing a mask right now. <laughs> so I did some, like, anarcho-primitive stuff that day. And I, like, dug up old logs that had been rotting over in the corner of the property so that I could make more hugel culture beds. Ah, felt good. Hell yeah, I got, dude. I got, I got a lot of wood. <laughs> yeah. Got a no, lot that's of wood. awesome. I'm going to grow lots of things out of it. Dude, I hope you do, man. Like, I've only got two Hugo cultures, so I hope to be very jealous of yours. You want to hear something that's crazy? Mm-hmm. I, uh, so it's, it's January 21st right now, as we speak. And, um, so, like, I wasn't very systematic or planny or anything with my, um, my Hugo cultures when I was planting last year is my first time growing a garden ever in my entire fucking life. And I just kind of like threw seeds down. If they grew, they grew. If they didn't, they didn't, whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. And so out of that, I had, uh, three broccoli plants that grew and two Brussels sprout plants that grew. And, um, they kind of started growing late in the season. I don't think my Hugo culture is situated where they get really good sun. And, uh, but they were, they kept growing. And when I cleared up my garden bed, like they were still green and they're still growing, but they hadn't fruited really much of anything. And I was just like, fuck it. I'll leave them there. Whatever. If they make something great, they don't make something like whatever. This was like back in November. My two Brussels sprout plants and my three broccoli plants are still alive somehow. Like even though we've had like, you know, negative degrees at some points, like below freezing at many different points. And, like, yeah. there's little tiny Brussels sprouts growing on my Brussels sprout plants. So, like, maybe I'll have a little bit of something at some point. Like, I don't know how they're still alive, but they're still alive. Like, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't know what family that is, but I know Brussels sprouts and uh, broccoli are in the same family and still alive. Brassicus. That's it. Brassicus. Yeah, you've got it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, those things are awesome. I didn't realize they would grow in... Dude, and like sub freezing temperatures. Yeah, because like in um, like I did harvest my broccolis once, like I think in December, and like it wasn't like really good, but it was like more than nothing. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'll take it." But I didn't like pull up the plant. I just cut off the the uh, flowering bits or whatever, because that's all like broccoli is is just like flowering bits that you harvest before they flower. 
Um, but the uh, Brussels sprouts, like they hadn't like produced anything. But I was just like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Like, they can just grow there. But, like, I went and I checked them today, and they've got, like, little tiny Brussels growing on them. I was like, holy shit. Like, they're not only just uh, surviving out here. Like, they're producing, like, little Brussels. So, I don't know. I was impressed. That's amazing. Because, like, yeah, it's been cold as shit, and we haven't been getting any sun. But they've been doing they've been doing work. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Nature is amazing. Um, that reminds me of my second story um, because Go for it. Uh, I feel like some people act in a very animalistic way. Uh, it's almost like, um, you know, you, you, uh, you have like some like animal, uh, some, some domineering animal. Like if, if you ever had, um, Kermie's not really like this. Oh, Kermie's a, a fucking dog, animal. He, he's he's what? what? what he's say? a sack of shit. He's a sack of shit. Okay, okay, but he's not dominant. Yeah, like he doesn't come. He doesn't come to his name. He only comes when he hears the wrinkling of plastic because he thinks this means food. So it's like Kermie, come here, and he's like, "Fuck you, you sack of shit." Kind of food. I'm not coming for fuck. But if he hears this. Mm-hmm. He'll come running to you because he thinks you're going to give him like some fucking food, and so like, yeah, he's very he wild. Come to he does not come <laughs> to Kermie. He does not he's come to Kermie for shit. He is feral. Like we, he, he hasn't pooped in the house for two weeks, and that's the longest he's ever gone. Like he was like yeah. still regularing, like just like shitting on the floor as of two weeks ago. Just like I got to poop. I'm inside. I'm gonna poop on the floor. Um, and we've had him since October. When in Rome, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think he's like finally put two and two together. He's like, when I poop inside, the humans don't like it. Yeah, you know, he's like finally <laughs> figured that out. It's like, wait a second, I'm not oh. supposed to be doing this inside. So yeah, but he's wild as hell. Anyways, where are you going with this? Well, I had a, a funny little interaction today at the school. Um, everybody's back. You know, we're all COVID-free, or so we hope. Wink, um, wink, no judge. A gentleman that comes in. Yep, there's a gentleman that comes in, and uh, he would like some services performed. So have him sit down and uh, have one of the new students cut on him a little bit, you know, trying to figure out this, uh, this guy's haircut. And another fellow followed him in. Uh, now, the fellow, the other guy, he wasn't getting any services done. You know, didn't want, didn't want a haircut. You know, didn't, didn't want much of anything. Uh, but he did seem to be inextricably tied to the gentleman that came in prior. And it seems like there was a little bit of an altercation that was going on. You know, they, they, they weren't too happy with one another. Uh, now there was a little bit of an age difference, and it wasn't immediately apparent. Uh, but the person that had followed the other end was, I would say, a good. 20 maybe 30 years older than the other (laughs) um and happened to be the stepfather of the gentleman that was getting his haircut now gentleman that was getting his haircut cool as cucumber just sitting there stone face seems like it happens all the time the other guy was drunk as a skunk and he was not happy he's just reaming into him right just cursing up a storm 
uh, not happy. Uh, so at a certain point, uh, the guy that's getting his hair cut, you know, he, you know, motions to uh, to his barber, like, hold on just a second. I'm sorry. I need to make a phone call. Uh, so he gets out his phone, calls someone, and in the midst of this, uh, while he's calling this person, the guy starts blowing up. You know, the the stepfather, you know, which found out that this is the relationship, right? Um, he starts blowing up, uh, gets really upset um, to the extent that people within the college are like, hey, you know, you can't stay here. You know, you got to go. You, you, you seem like you're about to start some mess and we don't want any of that stuff here. So they tell him to go out. He goes out to the lobby. He starts storming around in there. Comes back in, goes back out to the lobby. He's like storming all over the place. Really upset, dude, right? So we're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Uh, so this guy has been sitting there stone-faced the whole time. And you can just see, like, he's got this little, like, thermometer next to his head that's, like, slowly creeping up. Just like, <laughs> And we know that at any any moment this guy's head's going to pop. And sure enough, like, I guess the guy said the right thing or – Somebody at the college was just like, hey, look, you have got to get rid of this guy. I know that he's related to you in some capacity. Fucking get rid of him. So he stands up out of his chair. He's still got his cape on, you know, from, you know, where he's getting his hair cut. And he, like, storms yeah. out in the lobby. And he rips his cape the cape off. And he grabs this guy by his collar of his shirt. And he drags him outside. <laughs> and they Holy start having shit. a fight out in the parking lot. Like, like a fight. Like the the older guy like starts slapping the younger guy, and slapping. then every time, yeah, he's like slapping. He's like antagonizing him. Like just he'll he'll like slap him, and then the younger guy looks like he'll he's like he motions to like oh man like I'm fucking sick of you. I'm about to hit you in the face. Uh, the guy like he'll like pull his shirt up. Like yeah, go ahead, do it. And then the guy will be like no. I guess not. It's like, well, he's just antagonizing you, man. Like, don't play into it. He's pressing your buttons. And they're all trying to wrangle us out of the lobby because we all want to see this shit happen. Yeah, like, this is the most exciting thing that's school. happened all day. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And this guy is like, <laughs> like I, I'm only seeing snippets of it because there's like a bunch of people out there in the lobby and they keep trying to push us back. So I, I see like this guy like, like they start like pushing out into the parking lot and then I couldn't see for a moment. And then I come back out and the guy's got his shirt off and they're like chasing each other around the parking lot. <laughs> so I hear the front desk is calling for the police. They're like, Hey, you got these two suspects out here. They're engaged in an altercation. Could you please come by and help us out? So the cops are on the way and the older guy that has got his shirt off and is getting chased around by the other guy. I don't know if he somehow got the keys or if he had driven. I know he was drunk as a skunk, so I hope he wasn't driving, but he got the keys from the one guy and the car that they had drove up in, he ends up jumping in and driving away without the other dude just before the cops get there. So he evades the police. <laughs> <laughs> and they like pull the they, they pull in and they see the other truck that's like trying to get away and they they've been restrained like they're the people that are trying to just like make the whole situation work like just like dealing with this maniac <laughs> and they get like pulled over by the cops <laughs> I'm like this, this couldn't have ended any worse away. Wait, so like the maniac like drunk asshole that everyone wanted to get off the premises gets away scot free? 
just fucking got away. He just left. <laughs> and then the people <laughs> see. This is why you don't call the police. This, this is like fucking they're, archetypical. They're, yeah, they're fuck ups. Yeah, they, they're going to drive up and be like, "Oh well, we got to get somebody. Might as well get the innocents that we're trying to help out." <laughs> yeah, this is the people Which is we exactly were. Exactly what happened. Jesus Christ! So like the so like the stepson that that was trying to defuse the situation, just sitting there like got arrested cold, by the just, police. I just need a haircut. That's all I need right now. And this guy's in here just like reaming him out the whole time, and he he's not making a single move. He ends up getting talked to by the cops. I don't think he gets arrested, but you know, I, I bet he got a stern talking to by some young twenty something that was like, "Hey, you out here causing some problems." Hey, this like, is supposed to be a good neighborhood. You know, it's my responsibility to keep law and order here, but... Like, oh my god. Yeah, that's bullshit. And then he probably, like, fed up, so he's like, you know, you get out of my face, you young kid. And he's like, hey, man, respect the badge, motherfucker. And gets out his taser and, like, takes him off to jail. And he's like, he was resisting arrest. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Didn't respect the badge. <laughs> Didn't kiss the ring. <laughs> yeah, that's my story of the day. It's story time with Tim right there. That was a good story. <sighs> I liked it. Yeah, that's all. That's all I got. That's all I got. <sighs> well, I tell you what, Jimmy. I I think it's kind of an episode. I don't. That like, is we an could episode. Definitely say, <laughs> thanks for listening to our our rambledy rambledness. All right. I guess on that note, if you would like to uh, email us and let us know why uh, Biden is cool as shit and why we're fucking assholes, you can do so by emailing us at syncempowerment at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook at Cynic Empowerment and send us a message. Or you can tweet at us on the Twitter at Cynic Empower Me one We would love to hear from you. It would mean a lot to us. And if you are listening to us through any of the listening apps out there, please, for the love of God, please, for the love of God, please like and review the show. It means a lot to us. And it helps other people find us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually don't have a quippy if it helps you find us like anything joke this time around. Sorry to let you folks Hel- down. Helps you find us like the uh, FBI is um, finding uh, people that were involved in the Capitol riots. Mm. Nice. Yeah, they're just weeding them out of the woodwork. Actually, I think yeah. like the FBI is receiving a hefty dose of aid from the family members of the people that were at the Capitol riots. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the person you're looking for is living in the uh, trailer directly across the gravel road from me. Uh, how do you know that? They are my brother. <laughs> yeah. They they are my son. They are my dad. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, they are related to me. Yep, we are brethren. Yeah, and uh, I'm ready to get rid of that fucker so that I can get his double. Yeah, pot. <laughs> he he owes me uh, fourteen hundred dollars. That if he would have paid up um, over the last twenty years, you would not be receiving this phone call. But they can suck my dick. Yeah. And you can. He's take about to get away. taken away, taken away to federal prison. Ha ha! Got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> <laughs>